Hello, um, I'm Kevin Scott, one of the story architects of Star Wars The High Republic, and you're listening to Genuine Chit Chat. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week, I'm joined by Jeremiah Stemple of Heroes for Causes. So if you weren't already aware, Heroes for Causes are a charitable organisation that are specifically about chronic illnesses. And one of the things that makes them different to a lot of other charities is that they create comic books where the characters within them are heavily related to such illnesses, such as cystic fibrosis or brain cancer or diabetes, and there's others to come. But these comic book characters are meant to shine a light on these very illnesses and afflictions that affect people, while also still being an enjoyable and fun read that can inform others who weren't necessarily seeking out those things in particular. So this conversation today is about that very thing. Uh, we talk about Heroes for Causes, we talk about the two comic books that have been released thus far, and also the third one that is due to be released around September time, 2022. And in addition to that, we talk to Jeremiah about himself, because he himself has cystic fibrosis, as well as you know some of the things around cystic fibrosis, the symptoms, what you can do to help people, and what a day-to-day life is like with someone who has cystic fibrosis as well as, you know, as I said, how Heroes for Causes got started, his collaborative partners, kind of other information about that. So it's a really, really important conversation, either if you do or do not know about cystic fibrosis, you should still listen. Whether or not you have an interest in comics or not, this is still a very important listen to. And then at the end, Jeremiah also talks about his tattoos a little bit, which is a lot of fun. So links, as always, are in the description to Heroes for Causes, to Jeremiah on Twitter, and that sort of usual things. But uh, yeah, just thank you for listening. I appreciate you all, and I'll be back at the end of this conversation to give a bit more information on what's to come but uh, without further ado here is jeremiah welcome to genuine chit chat where we have honest conversations with interesting people and i'm your host mike burton And here we are. I am joined today with a gentleman who has been at the head of creating some incredibly important comics for a wide variety of individuals, and there are plenty more to come. I am very happy to uh, introduce my lovely audience to Jeremiah Stemple. Jeremiah, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Please tell people about yourself. Thanks for having me. Um, As you said, my name is Jeremiah Stemple. I am one of the co-creators of Heroes for Causes. We make you know superhero comics that are based off real kids with their real illnesses as a way of showing the world how strong they are. I mean, that's perfect. That's absolutely incredible. And uh, you very kindly sent me to the comic so I could have a perusal uh, before our conversation. And one thing I was struck by um, was, you know, when one would hear, you know, a comic created for a charitable cause, obviously the heart is in it, but sometimes I've seen a few which the... Uh, the finished product may not look like it's up to the same standard, say some of the, the big two or some of the really big indie comics. But when I read these, these were top tier. Like the artwork was incredible. The writing is brilliant. Like it feels like if they released uh, Pathway or Center Ice into anything main, and there you go, there's the, for any video watchers, it looks amazing. And I'll make sure I include like uh, images of the artwork. Oh, and you've got the foil as well. Yeah, because I saw you released some limited edition uh, holographic foil ones as well uh, for the physical releases. Oh, man, there it is. Beautiful. <laughs> There's only one of them left in existence, so. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, you know, I'll encourage everyone to go and check out on YouTube, but I'll make sure uh, when I do promo and stuff, I'll include um, some photos, uh, some images and things of the artwork. But like every element of these feels like a big budget comic. It feels like if you... If this is on Marvel Unlimited, if, if Pathway versus The Gasp was on Marvel Unlimited, I wouldn't be like, why is that on there? I'd be like, oh yeah, this, this fits right in. So 
what was I, I know you've said this story probably on every podcast that you've done but it's a good way for the uh, listeners to find out who you are before we delve into some of the other bits and pieces of information so the story and how sort of heroes for causes got started and how the first comic pathway versus the gasp came into existence if you could please tell us uh how that all kind of came about and we'll just go from there um so basically i have cystic reverses myself um and originally i wanted to just create this hero like a costume to wear to hand out like information about CF and try to you know raise some awareness. And when I went looking for an artist to help you know design with what I had in my head, I posted on a couple of comic book creators groups and Joseph and Donovan, my partners, responded. Um, and they kind of went, well, why don't we do a whole book out of it instead of just the you know, cover? And it just literally kind of went from there. Um, so Joseph has he's the reason you know it looks professional is. Joseph has been published by Image and Scout and a lot of the bigger ones. Um, and then Donovan, he has two cousins who had CF who unfortunately have passed on. Hmm. Uh, it kind of hit home with him and we just kind of went from there. It's amazing. When you get people who are like-minded individuals who believe in in the cause, in essence, and you get someone who is not only you know their heart's in it, but also that they are incredibly talented at what they do, it's so amazing. So the way that you fit into this, you know, you've got the three titles on, uh, on your website of how you connect with Heroes for Causes, but one of them is the co-creator and also consultant. So uh, I think you described it on one of the podcasts I listened to as just the guy with the ideas. <laughs> I, mean, I am the guy mainly the guy with the ideas um and my whole role is you know i'm the face so i do a lot of these things um when the other guys can't make it i'm the one who reaches out to all the charities to try to find us partners i do a lot of the face-to-face stuff the conventions the hospital business like that's that's me mm. and so how long have you been like uh, before heroes for causes and pathway have you been doing this your entire life because obviously cystic fibrosis is a uh, was something you're born with isn't it yes um Honestly, I haven't been doing this kind of stuff like my whole life. Um, when I was a lot younger, you know, I was I was a stubborn kid who, you know, the doctor said, you're not going to live past 20. So I was like, well, how much life can I get into that? Mm. And it was very much about myself all the time, um, which was fine because as much as I was in the hospital, I was pretty much alone all the time anyways. Yeah. Um, but the older I've gotten, the more I realized, you know, I don't want other kids to feel the way I had to feel growing up, you know, lonely and misunderstood just because they're sick. So the older I've gotten, the more I've tried to, you know, connect with them and show them they're not alone and things like that. Yeah, it's it's a very noble cause. And, you know, when you were that age, thinking when you've got sort of a timer or or an an alleged timer on your life, it's completely understandable to be like, I want this to be about me. I want to experience my life, you know, and the fact that you've surpassed that is incredible. And it's, it's very touching to know that there's people like you out there who are willing to spend that time sort of even if you feel like you may have less time on earth than others, you're still willing to spend that helping other people. So with Heroes for Causes, let's talk about sort of Pathway in particular. So it was, um, it started off as like a costume and things. How did the, how did it kind of come about? Did you sketch something? Did you put things together? Or was Pathway created directly from your uh, conversations with Donovan? Like how did the the Pathway we see in the comics come to light? Oh. Well, I, I myself am a martial artist, hmm. um, which is why, you know, his costume is very Mortal Kombat looking. Yeah, I thought that. <laughs> I already had, like, the, the idea sketched out. Um, I had a good friend of mine who's, he's not the best artist, but he's better than me. He kind of sketched out a rough idea for me, that, you know, and then I went and talked to these guys. And um, as you saw on the, the art here, his shield is the, the purple ribbon. Mm. We, work, we work the cause ribbons into all of our books. Um 
So, you know, CF1 is a purple ribbon, so we made that his shield. Um, our, our bad guys are all, like, personifications of the actual issue, like, the problems that we face and the treatments. Um, that's why, like, on the gas, I, like, I don't know how if you caught it when you were reading it, but if you notice, all his little things right here are tobacco mm. leaves, his oh. bomb cake box, and he's got all the smoke elements, because, you know, it's a respiratory disease, so. Yeah. Very well thought out, yeah. Because I know that um, there's a, the dialogue in uh, in Pathway versus the Gasp is is very clever. Because you know when you're reading it, the first few pages they kind of they give the groundwork of some bits and pieces for people to understand about uh, cystic fibrosis, and you know it mentions about the six foot thing and certain elements along the way. But it doesn't it doesn't feel preachy. It feels like it's you know this, here's we've got a story, but we also have a message, and it's me- meshed very well together. And one of the the last lines of dialogue in the issue was when the son of the gasp says, you know, how, what can I do for you, son, to help you? And he's like, well, you can stop smoking. So I like that kind of on the nose thing. So linking still with the respiratory part. So with cystic fibrosis, you know, I've got the notes of it's a degenerative lung disorder. It can also affect digestion. Is there any sort of uh, other things for people to know? Obviously, people should go and research it. But is there anything else uh, in particular you'd want people to know as a sort of footnote for information about cystic fibrosis? One of the things that a lot of people don't know, don't like, don't understand, is there is a whole different type of diabetes that's caused literally just by CF. Wow. Um, it's referred to as CFRD or CF-related diabetes. So it's not you know not your normal type one or type two. It's a it's a whole other thing. Hmm. Um, but a, a lot of CF patients end up with it. Um, a lot of CF patients tend to be fairly underweight because you know it's hard for us to gain weight. I'm the exception to that. I'm uh, almost 250 pounds, but. <laughs> So it's, it's a lot of things. Um, the worst is, like with any chronic illness, is the, the said feeling alone all the time. Mm. Because you know, even your family, they might see you go through these things, but if they're not dealing with it, they don't really understand other than, you know, pass what they've read. Mm. Um, so that, that's the most thing is I'm trying to get people to understand is just how we feel. Like, yeah, we're sick all the time, but it doesn't mean we're that sick, kid. Mm. We're some of the strongest people you'll ever meet. Yeah, dealing with that all the time and still being able to be a functioning person you know the vast majority of us don't have chronic illnesses and things like that that we have to consider so with the comic like obviously when you uh, launched um pathway versus the gasp it it was during covid obviously and that massively put a damper on the promotional side of things because yourselves wanted to go to conventions before covid like it came out like maybe a month or two before covid happened Oof. right <laughs> but yeah so with that since we're now, I know COVID is obviously still very much an, a thing which is causing problems, but there are more large events that are occurring. Are yourselves managing to get out there now and be able to do it? Or is it still at the moment held back a bit? Uh, we are getting out there a bit more. Um, like I've, we've had a table at three conventions in the last year. Um, I mean, mostly smaller ones, but one of them was fairly decently large. And these are conventions, you know, that they love what we do, so they give us the table. Wow. That's good. And when you've been out there sort of meeting uh, individuals, how have they been very uh, receptive to the heroes that you've been putting forward? Um, it's a mixed bag, um, like with any comic book. A lot of people, like some people will love the artwork, but then as soon as they hear charity, it turns them off. Uh, some people, you know, they hear the charity or the cause and that's all they focus on. It's it's definitely a mixed bag. Hmm. But everybody, everybody who's actually read it so far seems to love it, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's fantastic, I've, and I've read the, those two issues, so I'm, I'm completely on, on that uh, camp in itself. And have you met a lot of uh, kids or adults that do have uh, cystic fibrosis as well? Have you connected like 
been intertwined with more of the CF community since launching this project? Oh, absolutely. Um, we've had, I think, what was it? Uh, not this Christmas, but last year, there was a girl named Charlotte who lives in um, Newcastle, UK. Or sorry, Scarlet, not Charlotte. Lives in Newcastle. Mm. Who she She's only seven or eight. Wow. And her mom asked me to send her a copy, so I did. And the next day, I got a uh, like I got a video from her and her brother, like showing off their copies. And her, she was saying how uh, Pathway is her new best friend. And then I did a video call with them, like on Christmas morning, like just to see her face just light up. It was amazing. And I've, I've gotten a lot a lot. <laughs> That's so nice to hear. I'm so glad that it is. You know, when you do a project such as this, you don't always know how well it's affecting people like it, it, you can assume and you can hope but you don't always know so the fact that you're getting that kind of interaction is just beautiful yeah it was uh it took us a few script attempts to get the balance we were looking for between you know being fun and educational um so now you read we, we kind of hint at things a little bit but then we go more in depth at the back that way if you know people only want to get it for the art and the story they can people who care more about you know learning about the stuff they can do that too we tried, mm. to, tried to separate those without separating them completely yeah yeah and so what kind of made you branch out was that the plan from the beginning because obviously the first issue of pathway that is you know centering on pathway who is um, a hero who tackles cystic fibrosis and then the second issue is um center ice versus goal e and that's about um brain cancer in children is is that right pediatric brain cancer yes yeah so was that the plan um the way we, t- we explain it is our entire company's goal is to give voices to all the people who normally don't have them. Um, so we want to, you know, all these kids who are normally chronically ill, like, like you know, you and I are both comic fans. Mm-hmm. Sure you have some hero that you look at that's your favorite and you can kind of relate to. Well, as chronic patients, don't really have that. So, you know, we see all these, these superhuman people who can do anything. They don't, re- I mean, other than the occasional drama written into the story, there's no real big life things they have to deal with on a regular basis. Well, our heroes give people that. And is that and that's been the plan from square one. You just started with cystic fibrosis because of the character that you kind of already had in your mind, and then you've kind of developed it from there. Right. Um, and the only re- reason we based Pathway off me is we didn't want to, you know, get some kids hope up that they were going to have this comic book based on them, and then it not go anywhere. Mm. Uh, so we basically went ahead and based it off me. Uh, that's why you know the purple ponytail, and he looks a lot like me, only beefier. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but so we based it on me so that you know we wouldn't get that kid's hope up but then you know center ice is based off weston we've got the type 1 diabetes one up da- uh, updraft and downdraft coming up or sorry upturn and downdraft coming up in september it's based off a brother and sister from colorado um so we try to be inspired by actual people and their stories like give them the voice yeah and that that's exactly what your entire uh well, that's what heroes for causes is all about so it's it's really nice to hear that you are basing it off those people. And one thing specifically I have noted down uh, from when I read uh, Center Ice versus Goalie was, you know, when I was seeing the the character of Center Ice, I was like, oh, they're quite interesting and some of their powers and it's quite Shazam-esque in that way. And I really liked that element. And then you finish uh, the comic element and then at the back, you've got this, uh, you know, Western story. And you get to hear about uh, Weston and the amount that he's gone through of just at his age. You know, obviously people like yourself have also gone through a lot of things, but to really read it and to see those pictures, like that was very well crafted, I'd say. I think you you, you tackled that in a very, very good way of putting that into the comics themselves. And uh, so I asked about that, like what was the thought process of after the comic putting that kind of air quotes profile page into it? 
Um, well, that like we did that the uh, even at the end of Pathway, um, where but that one was more about you know our partner and CF in general. Um, but moving forward, we wanted to make so that since our whole point is giving these kids the voice, like their their topic, the voice that like that part about Weston, that's all his own words. Like he wrote oh, that. Amazing. Uh, yeah. So just like the, I mean, uh, with the type one diabetes ones, these kids are much younger. So it'll be you know them and their parents that write it. Um, but yeah, Weston wrote that whole thing about himself. Wow. He's the one that shows those pictures of him playing hockey to use. Um, the, like, when you noticed on center ice, see, I was wearing the number 22. I was going to ask West, about that. That's his real jersey number. Oh, amazing. Those are his actual jersey colors. Um, like, so we try to work, you know, what the kid enjoys, like their personality into the hero. Wow. He must have been absolutely made up when you produced the finished product to him. Oh, he was. Um, and the funny part is he's not even a comic fan. Um, like he doesn't really read comics, doesn't like them at all. But by the end of this, he was go, you know, going to the Tampa Bay Lightning and his teammates and bragging how he's a superhero now. And he's been, he loves it. <laughs> and he said he didn't start off as a comic fan. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, hopefully you'll be able to get sort of more kids who may not necessarily be interested in comics into that realm. So if we take a step back just a smidge, I want to ask you about sort of your, uh, your comic origins in a way. Sort of, have you been reading comics your entire life? Did you get into them later? Sort of, when is your comic origin story in a sense? Uh, well, I've always been reading comics. Um, my favorite, favorite, to be honest, has always been Green Lantern. Nice. Uh, mainly because this whole thing is willpower. And my mom used to always say the only reason I outlived all the, what the doctors said is I was just stubborn. <laughs> um, but now I've always been a huge Green Lantern fan. And I, I do like, like I said, most comics. Um, the only real big issue I've ever had with comics where I, you know, I read them and I don't love it is... You know, especially nowadays, it's gotten worse where characters are always like super sexualized. And I hate that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you notice none of our comics have that. <laughs> and they won't ever. Because uh, we made ours where, you know, they're, they are all ages friendly. Anyone can read them and be perfectly comfortable. You can't do that with a lot of the newer comics. Yeah, completely. And so with, with your comic origins then, did you... When you were younger and you were sort of reading through sort of Green Lantern and a lot of the other comic books that have kind of contributed to making you you in a sense, have you always wanted to like make your own comic? Has that always been kind of a desire of yours? Or did that only come into your mind when you realized you kind of could do it with Heroes for Causes? Um, it was never really something I had actually thought about. Um, now, do you remember a few years back when the movie Five Feet Apart came out? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the, one of the women who worked on that, her name is Claire. Um, she's a CF patient and she was the advisory for that movie. And the fact that she actually passed away during the filming, like she gave her last, like last couple of years to that movie in the community. And that's what kind of inspired me to, I guess, wake up and try to do more. That's a really nice story. With the um, comics themselves as well, one thing I wanted to bring up as well is the, so the villain of the gasp, we kind of touched upon it earlier. And then the villain of Goal E. So the gasp is more obvious. It's a respiratory thing. With Goal E, what was the sort of inspiration for that as a villain? And more so like Mr. I. You know, I could kind of see I got a degree of vibe from sort of uh, Dr. Robotnik. But also there's lots of other characters as well, but aesthetically. So what what kind of uh, gave life to Goal E and by proxy Mr. I? So when we design our villains... um we ask these kids, you know, so, you know, what are your treatments? What are some of the struggles you go through, you know, living every day? And one of the things Weston harped on was that all the cancer treatments are like super old. They're from like the sixties. 
um, especially the MRI machine. You know, so Mr. I, MRI. Oh, very clever. What we had him do is, since he said all the treatments are really old, he built Goalie out of nothing but recycled parts. Um, which, if you look real close at Goalie, you'll see some, like, some hints on there, like an old Atari symbol is hidden in there and things like that. Um, but so that's that's what Goalie is, is a bunch of really old, outdated machines trying to be used for modern purposes. Wow. I did, I did not realize that. But now that you said it, it's kind of it's making a lot more sense in my mind. And I, I know specifically when I read um, the sort of excerpt at the end, when it said like some of the medication has been used, was it since the 60s for that treatment? Correct. Yeah, there's not there's not been a whole lot of progress since the 60s. A lot of, you know, they're using a lot of the same treatments, same medicines from back then. Oh, man, that, yeah, that is... That's barbaric in a lot of ways. If you think about how much things have changed, I mean, that was 60 years ago. Love every, every other element of things have changed. Technology, obviously, how we're communicating and stuff is vastly different from how we would have been able to. It would just been a very expensive phone conversation back 60 years ago. It would have been, yeah. So it kind of links into um, your unique way of fundraising. And if people go over to Heroes of Cause, you can see the, the amount of steps that you've taken and how well you've done with all of those things. So your fundraising sort of, what came to light of thinking that element of things i know it's heavily linked in with the comics themselves but you've got certain charities and things that are linked with them i wonder if you could speak to our audience about how that came to light and how they can help really in those regards well the the way we do things now is a little different than how we did things with the first one with pathway um and we were we nobody knew us or anything then so when we hooked up with uh, colton underwood's legacy foundation basically they were able to pay a small portion of the production cost we you know kick-started and fundraised the rest now that we got established, we've tried to find partners who can front that production cost. And then basically everything we make, like all the profit we make, goes right back to them. We don't literally, we keep none of it. Um, like me, Joseph, Donovan, we all do our part of the job for free. Um, so the production cost is really the artists that we have to hire out who, I mean, you've seen the work, it's some amazing artists. Um, so we do have to, you know, they, we want to make sure they get paid. And then our printing costs and shipping costs. But other than that, Listen, we try to make keep it as low as possible for them. Yeah, I can imagine so. And and what is the pro? Like, how long does it take for this collaborative project to make something uh, like this? Because obviously, where you're involved with, as the as the ideas man, and then you've got you know, I know comics are a collaborative effort in pretty much every sense anyway, apart from very specific examples that are normally outliers. What is your process as a team from like square one of going, you know, if we use either, I know you said the the how you did it with pathway slightly different, how you did it with center ice. What what were the ways that you did it? You kind of sit down and then you spew ideas and it's a kind of like that. I'm just interested in the process itself of how it went from nothing to a finished product. Uh, our general process is once we have a partner lined up, like a charity partner, um, we work with them to then find a patient. And we talk to the patient, we get their story and their words, um, an idea of some of you know, their favorite colors, their hobbies, you know, the things that they would like the public to know about, you know, their cause. Um, and we work all that into the hero. And then, like I said, with the, uh, what they tell us, you know, their daily struggles, we work that into the villains. Um, but our heroes very much have these kids' personalities built into them. Like Weston is a hockey player. So that's why you have, you know, Shazam, if you played ice hockey, is basically center ice. Um, but we work all that in. We also work with the charity and medical professionals to make sure the medical side of everything is accurate. Um, Basically, the like once all that part's done and we have, you know, the medical side covered, we have the kids input covered. Usually the actual production time is about three to four months. Mm. 
I mean, it really depends on, you know, getting feedback from, you know, the charity on making sure their voice is coming across, the kids' voice is coming across. How quickly they respond to us really depends overall how quick it gets done, but it's about four months. I see. Interesting. And when you, um, like when Joseph, for example, he starts to write things and then when Donovan starts to put ink to paper, I know there are other individuals involved, if we keep it kind of insular in that regard, along the way, is it you just kind of each go off with your own uh, things, put things together and then come back? Or is it you put things forward and then that gets passed to Joseph and then that gets passed to Donovan? Like, where's the process there? Uh, it generally starts with me and Donovan being pretty equal. Um, yeah. Like, usually all the meetings with, like, I find the charities, but then once we start doing actual meetings with them, it's usually me and Donovan in all of it. Mm. Um, well, I deal with more of the the public act side, ask, eh, sorry, public side of things. He deals with the artists directly. He's more of the, the art side of everything. Mm. Um, so, you know, him and I are, are equal partners in everything. Donovan, he's he's what we like to call our silent partner. Like, he is just as much say as we do, but he has, you know, a 60-hour-a-week job as well as, like, three kids. So while he is in what meetings he can be, um, he, he's more of gets our creative guy. Like, he does all the pencils by hand. Um, like, none of our stuff is digital. <laughs> so... But it's, we're all, you know, we all get equal say. We have a Facebook group that we, like, chat message that we go back and forth and make sure we're all on the same page. There's one thing I really liked, which was, and it's it's not something you see very often in comics, is having, obviously, Donovan is in, the, of the your three names on the cover of uh, Pathway, Donovan is at the top. Oh, yeah. And what I love about that is that it's so rare in comic book form to have the artist at the top. It's normally the author or the, the writer, however way you want to put it. And a friend of mine, Tony, who hosts Indie Comic Spotlight, he is massively into trying to put the artist first because, you know, comic books are a visual medium. And I think it's, you know, maybe it's a bit dramatic saying that, but it's almost a crime to have it so the author's first. In certain elements, you know, when you have like Alan Moore's stuff or Neil Gaiman stuff or maybe even Chris Claremont where there's a lot of wordy things, there's certain pages that's just chunks and chunks and chunks of paragraphs, which is not for everyone and doesn't always work how the uh, author intends. But the vast majority it's visual first especially modern day where you have these big you know two-page panels where you can just look at the art it doesn't necessarily have to be any words so when you chose to put donovan at the top was that like a conscious effort because you felt similarly or is it just it felt right in this moment um honestly joseph made that decision and i'm not um but for me the reason i love his name being first is so if it was just me, I could talk all day about it, but there'd be nothing to show. Mm-hmm. If it was just Joseph, while he does have some artistic talent, he's not on Donovan's level, um, it would be, you know, mostly words. We, we literally couldn't have made it look like this without Donovan. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, on the finished product, he's kind of the most important person, so he should be first. Yeah, totally. And I, I want to ask as well, you mentioned this uh, in your uh, in the, one of the other podcasts you did, and it's linking back with uh, cystic fibrosis. And it's specifically, you mentioned like what your day-to-day is like when dealing with CF and some of the medication that you have to take and using nebulizers and things like that. I wonder if you would be willing to share with us what that's like either on a daily or weekly basis of just how much of your time and how many things you have to consider when doing things as an individual with CF. Um, yeah, so basically my daily routine is you know, first thing in the morning, I have like nine pills I have to take first thing in the morning. Um, and I take those same pills again at night. And then I have another three I have to take with every meal. And that's on top of my of my uh, insulin because I'm diabetic, you know, like I said, CFRD. 
and that's then the nebulizers, which take like three hours of my day. I have this big vest I have to wear that like vibrates my lungs. I do that for two hours a day. Like it's a, I basically have to plan around all these things. Um, luckily now with, you know, with technology being more progressed, my nebulizer and my vest are completely portable. So I can do them while I'm out, you know, headed to other things or while I'm on the go. Um, so that, that's helped a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it takes, it takes close to five, six hours of my entire day every day just to do my medical stuff. Yeah. And I imagine if you did not do that every day, you would be hospitalized pretty quickly after that. I would. Um, and luckily with some of the new medications, like I'm not coughing every 10 seconds like I used to. Um, my breathing's a lot better, but there was a time where like I couldn't hardly breathe. Like trying to have this conversation right now, I'd be winded the entire time. Um, and I'm, I'm one of the healthier CF patients. A lot of them don't are, you know, don't have it as easy as I do. Yeah. That's harrowing to hear, but it's one of the reasons, you know, that your cause is so important. And linking with that, then there's something which is the, uh, six foot rule, which was mentioned in, uh, in pathway as well. And when I was speaking to my uh, partner about, uh, your comics and, you know, who I'm going to be speaking with today and et cetera, um, she mentioned about the six foot rule and things. So I wonder if you could just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, like, honestly, we actually got a good laugh out of the six-foot rule when COVID happened and everybody was, like, staying six feet apart because our book had already come out by then. Um, and with CF patients, there are certain bacteria that we can only transmit to each other. Like, um, I mean, not that normal people can't get them, but it would, literally doesn't matter to them. Like, it's not, they're not going to get sick. It's not going to bother them. Where if I have, like, one, um, it's called cepatia. Should I be near another cepa- a patient and pass it to them, it could literally kill them. There are certain bacteria they might have that if I got could kill me. So it's kind of a thing that, you know, as we've grown older and learned more, we realize we really shouldn't be that close to each other. Um, and given that I've got a younger brother with CF and like even at family functions, we have to stay on opposite sides of rooms from each other. I've been able to hug my own brother in like six years. Jeez. And like I said, when we were younger, this, these were things we didn't know. We had whole, we'd go to summer camps with other CF patients and share rooms with them. Um, as the medical communities learn more and CF communities learn more, we've realized that's not the best thing and we shouldn't be doing that. And so, yeah, we, we try to stay six feet from other CF patients as often as we can. Um, and I mean, obviously there's no way of knowing if some brand new person we just met has it or not, which is why a lot of us have been wearing masks for 10, 15 years out in public. Yeah. I was going to ask about that. When you, uh, when you go out into public, like when you go to these conventions and things, obviously you, CF is also counted as a, an immune problem, isn't it? If you've got COVID, for example, that because especially because COVID is in very, very layman's terms, like a super flu, but specifically targeting the respiratory system. So for individuals such as yourself, COVID even more of a worry than it was. So with the pandemic and with the conventions, I assume that you have had to take even further precautions than a standard individual would have to. Yeah, um, basically what I said about conventions, not only do I have my mask on, um, I have you know, like a pathway's got the hand wraps on. So I have those, but I actually wear like medical gloves underneath that. So, you know, people are actually touching people. I keep like four bottles of hand sanitizer on the table. Um, if people are handing me money, I have them just set it on the table and I pick it up after they walk away. Like it's a lot of little extra precautions that I try not to make be a big deal. Mm. Um, I don't want, you know, the people I'm interacting with to feel like, you know, I'm scared of them or it's their fault or anything like that. So I try to minimize how important it is as little as possible when I'm dealing with them. Yeah. 
Yeah, of course. I, I can understand that, especially in where the current world is at the moment. But it must be, you know, obviously, I'm not saying that the pandemic was good. Okay, it's it's yeah. not. But with the mild silver lining of it, I suppose, is that because there's so many people aware of mask wearing and because of the COVID six foot rule, it must have been in a small part, a mild relief in some ways to be like, okay, this is obviously a horrible thing and it could kill me. But at least this is kind of the norm now. It's it's less peculiar to people for me wanting to have distance or wanting to wear a mask. I, I would assume just on a, I'm not trying to make light of COVID, but you know, a very much a thin silver lining of just kind of more people understanding and other individuals with uh, immune uh, disorders also falling into that same bracket. Yeah. So like um, when COVID first started, the in, until my wife beat it in my head that this was a bad thing. <laughs> The most common phrase I would say to people when they were talking about, you know, wearing masks and everything was welcome to my life. Like th- th- this has been my everyday life for many, many years. You're just now having to deal with it. Mm. Um, and my wife was like, yeah, you probably shouldn't say that. Like it's, it comes off as a little rude and condescending. I was like, okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, that, that's kind of how I felt about it is these people complaining about wearing masks in a grocery store for 30 minutes. I've been like, I've worn them my whole life. I've done entire marathons in the Florida heat wearing one. And, you know, so I, did, I didn't really feel, really feel bad for him. But also, it, you know, it's helped show some people in my everyday life who maybe I'm better off avoiding. I guess <laughs> it's a way to put that. Um, so, you know, it's, it's got its silver linings. But, you know, there's also, you know, all the people who died. And that, that's mm. not a good thing. Of course. But it's, it's definitely helped more people understand where a lot of us are coming from. Yeah. I, I think the the social norm of... You know, even myself, I've got uh, friends of mine, I've had people on the show very early on, I had a friend of mine called Carla, and she has Crohn's disease, as well as a variety of other things, think fibromyalgia, and lots of other sort of uh, disorders that culminate together, which make things problematic. And when COVID happened, she she said that isolation was one of the biggest problems, because she couldn't interact with the vast majority of people, especially when the weather was rubbish, and we live in England, so oh, yeah. it's, it's rubbish quite a lot. You can't even sit in a garden several foot away from each other, because it's just raining. <laughs> so with that, I think that even when I'm being friends with her, when she mentioned about the uh, immune disorder being problematic with COVID, even then I was like, oh, I, because I'm a, uh, I don't have any of those uh, immune uh, deficiencies or anything. I just didn't consider those elements. So I think that at the very least now, more people even, whether or not COVID is ever going to air quotes end, who knows, but we're still, as of recording this, it's still very much in the conscious. Who knows how long it will be in the forefront of everyone's minds. But at least from this event, going forward decades i think a lot more people are going to be thinking of people with immune disorders going forward uh, definitely um and what a lot of people didn't realize is you know so when we, when there was a lockdowns a lot of you know normally healthy people were some were understanding it some were feeling inconvenienced and while i get that for a lot of us people who already had to worry about our health even you know before covid so we already had to you know limit our social socializing and distancing a bit for us, it was more of we already felt alone. Now we feel really, really alone. Mm. A, lo- a lot of us got really, really depressed, and that was a huge fight for us. Um, so, like, that's something that a lot of people didn't understand either, is why we were so much more affected than everybody else. Because while you know, this was new for everybody else, it amplified ours. Definitely. Yeah, I can understand that completely. And um, I've got one more question about sort of cystic fi- um, fibrosis as well. Uh, which is regarding, because this is, once again, people should look it up and find out more information, but this is kind of scratching the surface somewhat. Because you, um, you're you born with it, is it something to your knowledge that 
when a baby is born with CF, it's a very obvious thing? Or does it depend on the severity of the individual afflicted? Sort of, how would one know that someone has CF from birth or at a young age? Um, nowadays, people are tested at birth, ah. um, sometimes even beforehand. Um, but yeah, it, would, it really depends on the severity on how visually obvious it is. Um, some kids are, you know, they look perfectly fine and, you know, they don't develop symptoms till a little bit later. Other kids are born right off the bat, have a trouble breathing. So it really depends on how severe theirs actually is. Cause there are, I think at last count, like a thousand different mutations for it. Wow. Um, and I was, I have one of the less severe ones. So, you know, I'm lucky in that regards. Other people aren't so lucky. Yeah. Yeah, and like living with it as well, it's not something because part of Pathway is his whole sort of uh, mantra is desperately trying his best to find a cure. That that's the that's his goal in life is trying to find a cure to be able to help all these people and especially these children suffering with uh, CF. And to my understanding, there's not really once you've got it, there's not really anything you can do apart from just somewhat mitigate the symptoms of it and try and kind of fend it off. There's no way to do anything to make it an air quotes better, is there? It's just mitigation of symptoms. Um, one of the newer medicines uh, called Trikafta that is made by Vertex Pharmaceuticals, that one has sort of, I guess the best way to phrase that is push back the symptoms a bit. Mm. Like it'll never get rid of them altogether. Like it's not a cure in it by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but it is one of the reasons why I'm not coughing through this entire interview. It's one of the reasons where, you know, why a lot of CF patients have had less trouble retaining weight. Like we've started to be able to gain a little bit of weight. It's it's helped a lot. Um, but yeah, there's really no way of making symptoms just go away. Like I've got friends who have had double lung transplants and four or five years later are starting to have trouble breathing again. Because it's, you know, it's in our DNA. There's no getting rid of it. Um, but the overall like kind of motto for the CF community is make CF stand for cure found. Uh. Um, so that's all of our end goal. Like that's what we want. Um, but it happening in my lifetime, probably not. Yeah, you can just try and lay the groundwork with all of the work that you're putting into and the spotlight you're putting into it and all the people you associate with trying to make sure everyone is aware of this and the importance of it and how severe it is and how detrimental it is to people's lives. You're hoping that even if you don't get to see it in your lifetime, the groundwork that you've laid will speed up getting to that end point. Right. Um, and while you know, there are a, bit, a lot of it, uh, foundations like the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, Colton Legacies Underwood Foundation, a lot of those that are focused on, you know, helping raise money for research and all that. Um, then there's, you know, people like us who are more of we're, we're focusing on the patients themselves. Yeah. We want to try to make their lives better by helping people understand. Uh, so we're not so much on the research side as the patients themselves. Hmm. Yeah. Well, obviously, even in doing that, even focusing your attention on that, the, the second hand, uh, the secondary kind of thing that comes out of that is still just by proxy is people will find out more information about it. And hopefully then it will push people to go into the research and stuff. Oh, and absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's incredible. And the, the fact that you spent so much of your time um, spending your time doing this and the fact that you've had people such as Joseph and Donovan and everyone else involved with Heroes for Causes spending their time trying to push this forward is absolutely incredible and um, I know we're getting nearer the end of time but before we go into that I want to ask something because you showed me before recording which is tattoos now because <laughs> I love tattoos you know I showed you uh, one of mine and uh, I, I want to ask like obviously I don't know enough about cystic fibrosis but does getting a tattoo you know when I've had my tattoos you lose blood and it can be uh, draining is it 
more for you as an individual was it more draining than it would have been for an air quotes uh standard individual without something like that or is it one um, of the few things you can get away with where it's just like as long as you're careful you can see i what wouldn't happens. say more draining it definitely takes a little bit more prep time for me mm. um because you know most people can get it on a on the whim yeah we have to make sure that we are you know very hydrated um because when we sweat we lose like eight times more salt than a normal person does so we get very dehydrated very very fast um, so, you know, we have to make sure we're, we're very well hydrated. Um, if you're like myself and, you know, you have diabetes because of your CF, that's a whole nother level you got to take into consideration. Um, as well as doing your research on the actual shop, because we have to find, you know, very hygienic shops. Um, so it, it takes a little more prep time than the normal person, but I wouldn't say it's more draining. I see. I see. And your tattoos, a lot of them are associated with Norse Norse mythology specifically. Was there anything, because you've got your amazing necklace that anyone who is uh, watching uh, on YouTube and things will be able to see. You've got the Mjolnir with a snake wrapped around it. Is there something in particular that you love about Norse mythology or do you just love the character of Thor? I'm just intrigued. Norse mythology is cool as hell anyway. So I'm just intrigued by that uh, element, really. A lot of it is religion for me, to be honest. I'm a oh. Norse heathen. Um, so it is a religious thing for me, but like this one is my wedding ring with my wife. That's our five, five year anniversary. We're about to get our 10 year one. Um, I've got ones on my forearms that my daughter designed because she's also an artist. Amazing. And then you know, of course I have Pathway and Cinder Ice both tattooed to my right leg and hopefully I'll run out of space from new heroes for our causes. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, what's a cooler thing to get sort of things tattooed on you both? Um, very important things to you intrinsically of, you know, your religion and the Norse side of things, but also these characters that you are creating that you're putting out there that come from you know amalgamations of individuals who are struggling with these uh issues but also the the wider societal sort of aspect of it of just having to what kind of people can you put in the world in this fictional realm where they are interacting you know and one of the things i loved about um your comic which was uh goalie versus into ice is am i allowed to give it a minor spoiler i don't know if you want me to Okay, wonderful. I'm, I'm hoping that people will go out and uh, check these comics out because they are brilliant. Oh, but you. when when Pathway popped up in that, I didn't. I don't know why I didn't expect it. It wasn't like easily clear, but I was like, I don't know why I didn't think they'd be in a shared universe. But the fact that they are, just even moments after finishing Pathway and then reading and the Center Ice one, it just seeing Pathway pop up in that that just immediately made me happy. So I love the elements. So the shared universe aspect of it getting more. I'm very well, very excited for that. Like, all of our heroes are a shared universe, which is, you know, the real world. Um, Center Ice and Pathway are more shared than that. They're both in Tampa. Amazing. Um, because, like I said, myself, who Pathway is based off of, and Center Ice is based off Weston, who lives here in Tampa. Um, so they're in the same city. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like, um, like, think the Justice League. Pathway is sort of our, our Batman or our Superman, the, you know, the one who goes and gets the other members. Um, so at the end of each book, until you know, until we have, especially once our until our core four is done, you'll see him, you know, welcoming them into to the causes. He'll be interacting with them, um, which is quite a like you know. And it, they all have our little moral lessons, um, which you saw at the end of Pathway. His little catchphrase, which is you know, remember you guys are the ones who inspire us to keep fighting. Um, you saw him at the end of Center Ice, kind of telling him that you know, yeah, the bad guy got away, but you did your best. At the end of the day, that's what matters. Is you got up, you did what you could. That's all we can ask. Um, he will be showing up at the end of the new one too, which shows have to wait and see how that happens. But <laughs> I'm very looking forward to that. Uh, what I will tell you is there is more than one real person in the type one diabetes one. That we've got the kids it's based off of. Um, you'll have myself showing up. 
we have a professional wrestler who is kind of like our our trainer for the kids is in the book as well um and then a couple of people that you know we know in real world that we kind of wanted to pay homage to were in there that's beautiful. So it's it's scaling up as well. That's the fun part is that as you're getting more and more people interested and you're being able to take certain more risks, but also invest more time and create more of the, the world, your pathway was in a sense the catalyst for this. So it's it's kind of it's scaling up as you're going forward. So it's getting more and more exciting as a consumer of these uh, comics. Yeah, like um, eventually our goal is to, like, we want to have a, a core four causes. It'll be like the, the main ones we focus on. But we want to eventually do as literally as many causes as we can um, to the point where one day we'd like to be able to do, you know, like actual crossovers with some of them where well, let's say we do, you know, Pathway and another one that have similar issues that they deal with. We can do a team up with them, both try to tackle the same thing. Uh, you know, some things like that. We'd love to do some crossovers, but that's in the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, of course. You've so we, that kind of bled very nicely into. We we'll start to wrap up, but the um, you've got the upcoming comic, which I'll make sure I promote on social media when it gets to that point. But uh, you've already spoken about it in bits and pieces around here uh, in this conversation. But if you just want to basically promote that comic itself and tell us however much you want to tell us about that and when it gets released, and I'll put details in the show notes too. But go that ahead. One, it's it's scheduled to be out in September. Mm-hmm. Um, that is upturn and downdraft it's for type 1 diabetes with children's diabetic foundation out of colorado um that is these guys right here perfect um so these are our heroes here these are their suits they pilot and if you can see see the little tiny gummy bear back there yeah that little gummy bear is kind of their robot that recharges their suits (laughs) Um, diabetes one of the things when we get low we have to eat be able to eat sugar Mm. So that's and one of the girl the girl told us that they carry gun bears with them all the time. So we we were trying to work that in. That's so cool. Uh, you know, the little gummy bear that helps recharge them. I love that element. That's so much fun. Yeah, I can't wait for that to come out. So final sort of parts then. Obviously, I'll put links to uh, Heroes for Causes. I'll put a link to your Twitter and etc. And any other elements that uh, you wish into the show notes. But the sort of what are your final thoughts? Any last things you want to say? Oh man. Is that the wrestler thing, uh, the teacher that you mentioned? Uh, his name is Raven Skylark. That's sorry, Professor Raven Skylark. That's him clotheslining type one diabetes. <laughs> uh, a little promo we made for him because he was at MomoCon in Georgia last week, um, which I was supposed to be at, but some things fell through. We didn't get to go. So yeah, that's that's him literally clotheslining it because he's a type one diabetic wrestler. That, that's so cool. And there's so many places you can go with this, and I think that as this world opens up for Heroes for Causes and Pathway and all the associated heroes, I think you're going to find more and more people that maybe people didn't know were suffering with these certain afflictions. Obviously, you mentioned about the uh, woman from, was it Taken Apart that you mentioned? With the, uh, five Feet Apart? Yeah, Five Feet Apart, sorry. Uh, with that, like her involvement as well, people may not have known that she suffered with CF. So as the world opens up, hopefully more and more people will come forward as individuals who are suffering with this and be able to help add to it. Hopefully. Um, that's definitely one of the things we want to do is make it easier for people who you know, do have these chronic illnesses to be able to talk about it with people. Um, because like one of the, the bad things is people look at us once they learn that we're sick and it's just, you can see it on their faces. They're just going, Oh, that sick kid or, Oh, that sick, you know, that sick person. And it almost, you can almost see that they feel bad for us on their faces. We don't want that. What we want is them to look at us and go, you know, look at us as like normal people or, you know, just see how strong we are. Like, yeah, they're going through all these things, but they're still living life. They're still doing what they want to do. 
Um, like one of the, a lot of people don't know, one of the actors from one of the newer Star Treks had CF before he passed away. Wow. Uh, Anthony Melnick, Melnick mm. or Anton Melnick. He um, said he played on Star Trek. He was um, Chekhov. Mm, yeah. And uh, he had CF before he passed away. Wow. And a lot of people don't realize that because he didn't make it his whole personality. He was just very, like, you know, people who knew, knew. But other than that, it was just, he was this actor who was doing his thing. Yeah. So we want it to be easier for people to have that conversation. Yeah. Yourselves don't want it to be the, the only part of your personality, obviously, but it's like right. you don't want people to pity you. You want them to just treat you as a normal person and or respect yeah. you for seeing how much you're going through. And especially an individual such as yourself, the amount that you have achieved so far just over the last few years is a really clear show that it doesn't matter what your affliction is. That isn't a tell of anything. And if you've got the motivation to be able to have to deal with all the things you've dealt through just through your CF, you are going to be able to deal with otherworldly problems with a different perspective i mean for us you know going to work or creating a comic book sounds like a, a huge huge thing to do and obviously it is but if you've already gone through going through a debilitating uh, lifelong disorder and illness that is gonna be with you forever and you can push through that and still live your life then creating a comic book to you is probably like i've already done all this stuff so a comic book for me is easier almost by comparison and i think that's such an inspirational message to send out to the world yeah, like um, like even something in the, you know normally they give advantage is like getting a job. Mm. Most people can just go, you know, this job is in a location I like. They're going to pay me. Done. Whereas people like me have to find an employer who you know is understanding about our illness. So you know there are going to be days we call out. There's nothing we can do about that. So we have to find people who are willing to work around that. Be understanding. That's not real easy to find these days. No. Everybody you know wants to be very. Like I, I interviewed for a place not long ago that told me that their attendance policy is we miss three days in a year, you're fired. And I was like, well, that's literally, I'm going to miss more than that. That's impossible. Like there's just no way. So while the pay was decent, I had to turn it down. Um, and like, so even something that most people just take for granted, like finding a job, we have to work so much harder at. Um, but if you notice, a lot of people like me who are sick, we don't complain all that much. And it's because we know we have to work harder than everybody else. And we don't want people to just take it as us trying to use our illness as an excuse or anything like that, because we don't. I mean, I'm sure there's some who do, but the vast majority of us don't. So it's it's a struggle. Yeah, but your message is inspiring, and I'm sure it's inspired many of my audiences, just like the comics themselves and this conversation with you has inspired me. And it, I just appreciate you taking your time to speak to myself and my audience about these things and i wish you all the the best of luck for everything and you know the, the door is open for you to come on my show and i know that there's going to be people like tony listening and other friends of mine who are going to hear this conversation and they're going to want to speak with yourself and the other people involved with heroes for causes and promote it in any way they can so final things to say for anyone listening and anything else you want to add um i mean other than you know definitely go check out our stuff and hopefully order some comics and maybe some merchandise um if there is anybody you know watching this or listening to it that is chronically ill and needs somebody to talk to my dms are always open like i'm always happy to talk listen offer what advice i can if that's what you want like i'm, I'm here for anybody who needs it perfect what a brilliant way to end the podcast well just thank you jeremiah for being so gracious with your time and everything that you're doing uh for the causes and the comic books and everything like that and yeah i'll be sure to promote this i'll let you know when we get it out but just thank you very much yeah thanks for having me 
And that's the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, as always, my friends. As I said in the intro, make sure you check out heroesforcauses.com and also follow Jeremiah on Twitter as well as Heroes for Causes on all the social media places. It's a really, really important cause. Loads of great things about it. And uh, yeah, it's a good way to check out the comics as well. So please make sure you do that. So what else is going on in the realm of genuine chit chat and what am I really up to? So we have just recorded or released the penultimate episode of the Kenobi discussion show. So week by week, myself and members of the extended Comics Motion family have been talking about the various episodes of Kenobi. And so the final episode of that comes out next week. So then you will be fully up to date both on Kenobi and also my thoughts on Kenobi as well as lots of other people's different perspectives. So it's a lot of fun. Make sure you either subscribe to me over on YouTube, a link to that is in the description, or if you you just are on a podcast app go type in comics in motion and you'll be taken straight there and you should very clearly be able to see the kenobi show in addition to that, I recently recorded an episode with Mary Kenny. She is a writer, as well as a great many other things, but she wrote on Spider-Man Mars Morales. She's also writing on the upcoming The Wolverine game, and she's just done so many cool things. It was an absolute delight to speak with her. She gave me a lot of her time, so it will probably be a two-parter, but that probably won't be out next week, because where she's such an important person and working on so many important projects that are kept on the hush-hush, we've had to send the audio files over to Sony so that they can review them and make Make sure that she's not spoiling anything that she's talking about and then when they approve it and stuff i can then get editing and release that episode but i want to give you guys a heads up on that obviously followers on my twitter will already know that i had that conversation with her because i tweeted it and she kindly retweeted it but she was an absolute delight to speak with it was really really fun whether or not you're into video games it was still just such a cool conversation she's also got a book coming out called gamer girls which is about women in the gaming industry it's just it was such a great conversation. I'm very honoured to have been able to speak with her and have her on the show. So that will be coming out over the following weeks. I've got a conversation due for recording with another podcaster. It's probably going to be next week. So that should be a lot of fun there. And then I've got a few other bits and pieces in the kind of the background that are going on, but where I'm still in the midst of moving house and other stuff like that. I'm kind of taking each week as it comes. So uh, not really a huge amount of previews to be able to give because a lot of the time I've got a lot of things recorded in the bag, but at the moment I do not. So uh, just have to wait and see in that regard. And if you wanted more content from myself, there's plenty of other ways to get it. So one of them is on my show, Star Wars Comics in Canon. It airs on the feed of Comics in Motion, but also every episode is on my YouTube channel, which I mentioned earlier, link is in the description. And you never have to have read a Star Wars comic in your entire life. I've done full episodes on Kenobi because there's a few comics that tackle what Kenobi was up to while his time on Tatooine. I've done ones on Vader. I've done loads of them. Basically, I've tackled almost every single Canon comic made by Marvel in the Canon. So since 2014. And I basically go through the plot details so you get a good understanding of what is going on in the story i then talk about the many connections so certain characters that are reoccurring or pop up in this comic that you may have seen in this movie i give information about planets and species and starships and all kinds of other things like that so it's the perfect way to enter into the wider star wars canon without you having to spend any money or do anything really that different just listen to my episodes and you'll get a much wider understanding of the star wars canon as well as the comic realm i've also done book reviews on there and loads of other things like that but if you're not that much of a fan of star wars or you've consumed all of my star wars content and you want even more content then you can go over to patreon.com slash genuine chit chat over there i have got afterthoughts episodes me and megan release one a week we did a 50 minute long spectacular on the jurassic series so we tackled jurassic park one to three and jurassic world one and two and we spoke about that for yeah 50 minutes so it's absolutely brilliant being able to do that so all the patrons have got access to that it really if you give it as one pound a month which i think works out as about a dollar fifty uh, then you get access to the 
audio exclusive feed so you get early access to genuine chit chat episodes you get additional bonus content but mainly the main thing people want about it is that you get the bonus audio so you get access to an rss feed you get to copy that and put it into a podcast player of your choice or you could just listen on the patreon app or patreon website however you want to listen and then you get access to the full catalog of afterthoughts i've done book reviews on star wars stuff i've done some comic reviews on non-star wars stuff but me and megan primarily use it to do movie reviews tv reviews and other stuff we're up to we've done road trips where we've spoken about those we've seen live performances like book of mormon and les miserables uh, we've done loads of different things so if you want a window into mine and megan's live to find out what's really going on with us in general then make sure you check that out because the sonic the hedgehog episode should have just been released that's the first sonic the hedgehog movie from 2020 because we only just recently watched that we've got plenty more afterthoughts to come but aside from that my friends make sure you follow me on social media at genuine chit chat check out all the links in the description of the guest spots that i've been involved with recently including i was on indie comic spotlight a little while ago and i spoke with tony about kevin scott's shadow service comics which are really really cool kevin scott is one of the high republic authors slash architects so he's heavily involved with star wars i had the pleasure of speaking with him on this very show a couple of months ago now but i tackled his shadow service comic with tony and had loads and loads of fun doing that as well I also been on Star Wars Timeline quite a few times, so links to both of those things are in the description. In addition to that, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel where the Kenobi discussions as well as Star Wars Comics and Canon and episodes of Genuine Chit Chat are released. And a lot of the episodes of Genuine Chit Chat have got video versions as well. And obviously, if you follow me on social media, you're kept up to date with basically everything I'm doing. But in addition to that, you could also rate and review. So you can do that on Apple Podcasts, you can do it on Spotify, you can do it on Good Pods. Any way you do it is a massive, massive help to me and also my show. So I appreciate all of yourselves for doing those things and sharing on social media telling your friends about this all those sorts of things but this is going to be enough from me thank you so much for listening as always i appreciate each and every one of you listening all the way to the very end and i'll speak to yourselves next week probably with a podcaster that i'm talking to but uh we shall see you have just experienced host creator everything else of genuine chit chat and also the host and creator of star wars comics and canon found on the comics in motion podcast mike burton